Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Weekend Warrior. Every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court. The field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 33 years and counting. Wow, what a week I had seeing patients. I saw a basketball player I've been taking care of. Can't tell you his name, but he tore his Achilles tendon few months ago and I put him in a boot I told him nope I'm gonna treat you without surgery for a torn Achilles tendon can you imagine and guess what he's out of the boot and he has a complete healing of his tendon without surgery this is the new way it's been shown Mayo Clinic and big places like that that you should not be operating on Achilles tendons anymore Put him in a boot. So I've been doing that. And it's awesome. It's amazing. This is a very common and popular surgery that I used to do a lot of. Not anymore. And it really is breathtaking to see someone. It's called a Thompson test. Let me tell you what that is. You lie the patient on their stomach. Dr. Thompson, by the way, was at the Hospital for Special Surgery where I trained in the 50s and came up with this idea. You have a person lie on their stomach and they and you squeeze their calf at the widest portion of their calf. And remember, the calf muscle is made up of the gastrocnemius muscle, which is right under the skin. But the widest portion of your calf muscle is the soleus muscle. So you squeeze the widest portion of their calf. They bend their knees to 90 degrees. They're lying on their stomach. And if you do that, you can watch their foot go up and down. It's kind of like a reflex. You have no control over it. And what it does is it shows you that there's continuity between the muscle and the Achilles tendon as it attaches to the heel bone, the calcaneus. So when it's normal, you squeeze and you see the foot go up and down. If you've torn your Achilles tendon, there's no continuity between the muscle and the tendon attaching in the bone. You lie someone on their stomach, you squeeze the calf muscle, the foot don't move. It's called a Thompson test. Oh my God, I lied this guy on his stomach and squeezed his calf and his foot moved without surgery after being treated in a boot. Awesome. But the real excitement I have is I did my usual 10 hip and knee and shoulder surgeries this week. Five big ones on Wednesday and five yesterday. 
but it was a top 10 moment in my career at Cedars for 33 years. The movie stars are fun that I take care of, the world-class athletes that I take care of that I can speak about when they come on this show so they don't violate their trust, and you know who these people are. But I will tell you, the great joy I have is taking care of nurses, and certainly when world-class surgeons that I know, when Dr. Trento, the greatest heart surgeon this town has ever seen, this country has ever seen, can do heart transplants on kids and all kinds of stuff, sends me his family. That was a great moment in my life many years ago. But this past Friday, when the greatest neurosurgeon, the most respected neurosurgeon in L.A., at Cedars, in this country, is sending me his best friend, flying him all the way down from Montana. That's special. And I say to myself, wow, how did this happen to me? Because it's priceless to develop a reputation. You can't buy it. You have to earn it. And it takes time and lots of studying and lots of experience and lots of great results. So yesterday was an unbelievable moment for me in the operating room. And we'll get into anatomy, the weekend warrior injuries. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll take the calls at 830. We'll do some clap revision. I want to talk about LaMelo Ball. He has not a grade one, not a grade three. He has a grade two ankle sprain. And I watched the video of him playing for the Charlotte Hornets and his foot landing on the defender's foot. You got to look at the position of that ankle, how the foot is pointing downwards. We call it plantar flexion, like stepping on the gas of your car. And that puts the ankle in a position that you won't break the bone, but you will tear the ligament. And I will explain why with some clap revision. And I'll give you a hint. It involves a shoebox. You know, when you buy a pair of shoes, you got the bottom box, but you have the lid without Velcro, without tape, fits perfectly right on top of that shoebox. That's going to be the clap revision for Lamar Ball. But I'm excited for today's show because my guest, calling in at 8.15 from Massachusetts, is Kip Rutto. Kip makes baseball bats. Yep, wooden baseball like Louisville Sluggers, except they're called Rutto Bats, R-U-T-T-O. And Kip made all the bats thanks to the great Clinton Yates, who figured out how to get a hold of them to do this. I have a custom Rutto bat in my office with my name on it for the softball game, the ESPN softball game. That's how I got to know about this wonderful man. And I, ever since I met him, that smile, that Shaquille O'Neal type smile where Magic Johnson's smile where it's, you just, it's infectious to see someone like that with a big smile. When I met him, I said, I need to have this guy on the Weekend Warrior Show. So today at 815, we're going to hear from him. And I've been thinking all week long, oh, did I have to fun surfing last Sunday? I've got to tell you all about that as well. 
But I've been thinking all week long, okay, what does he do? He literally goes in the forest. I don't know if he goes in the forest. There's a tree. They cut the tree down. It's wood. And from a log with routers and all kinds of tools that my dad had in his shop as a carpenter, they make a baseball bat. But the baseball bat, this wooden carving, is an extension of your body, right? The baseball player holds the bat with the handle. You have the shaft of the bat. Then you have the barrel of the bat and the end of the bat. They come in different lengths, different widths, different sizes. And each of those pieces of the bat from one end to the other has a different name to it. And it's carved differently for different effect. And you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. So gig is into Hague. This is the topic. Carving in wood as an extension of your body. In food, it's chopsticks, right? In sports, well, in the early days, the Dukahanamoku days, they made these boards out of redwood. They weighed over 100 pounds. It wasn't until the 40s and 50s that we went from redwood to balsa wood to foam. And the man who created some of the most beautiful boards in wood, his name was Donald Takayama. He passed away 10 years ago. But I need you to hear from the man himself in an interview he gave about wooden surfboards. And then I want you to hear from a really cool surfer dude talking about the in the pink board, the shape that Donald Takayama put in his surfboard called In the Pink and how the uniqueness of it allowed a surfer to capture the water better than another board. There's a lot of thinking going into that shape. Well, where also in the world of music or art is the carving of wood becoming an extension of your body? Baseball bat, surfboard, in art, in music, it's a drumstick. All these years, I've always wondered, why does Jimi Hendrix sound different than every other guitar player? You know why? Because Jimi Hendrix is left-handed. And when he's growing up, he doesn't have the money to buy a left-handed Stratocaster. He's not buying a left-handed Fender. He can't afford it. So what does he do like every other person who's left-handed? Jimi Hendrix turns the guitar, a right-handed guitar, where the high notes are here and the low notes are here, the six strings. Jimi Hendrix turns it upside down. That's why Jimi Hendrix, when he strums the guitar, it sounds different than every other guitar player. Well, guess what? Drumsticks, drumming, the world of drumming. Do you know why the Beatles sound different than every other band? It's not because of those guitar players. Yeah, I get it. Lennon and McCartney and all the, the Beatles. You don't have to say anything more than that. 
but the heartbeat of a band in rock and roll literally is the drummer. I'm from New York, by the way. That's D-R-U-M-M-A-H, the drummer. It's Ringo Starr. And let me tell you, for the weekend warriors that know anything about music, and there's a lot of you out there, particularly those who know how to drum, they will be the first to tell you Ringo Starr, as Stephen A. Smith says, is special. He's the Jimi Hendrix of what a drum can sound like. But let me tell you, he shares with Jimi Hendrix. I never knew this. He shares with Jimi Hendrix something else. The reason he sounds different, because Ringo Starr is a left-handed drummer. Who knew that there's a difference? Who cares? You're holding the sticks in each hand. Does it make a difference? It does. The drum kit, they call it, is set up for a right-handed person. So to get from the snare drum to the whatever the, the metal part is, what do they call those again? What do they call the, you know, when they bang on the, the metal part, the rim, the hi-hat, whatever you call those things, they're set up. So every other drummer, cymbals, every other drummer sounds a certain way. But you can hear a soundbite from Ringo Starr saying everybody wants in that British accent that we love. And he's still alive. He lives in Malibu, so I hope he's listening. Everybody says, I'm a genius. I'm not a genius, he says. I'm just a left-handed guy. And the, they call this, I love this term. I learned this term for today's show for a drummer. The field of play. That's what they call the drum kit, the field of play. So the different shape, just like Donald Takayama shaping a surfboard, just like Kip Ruddo shaping a baseball bat, the shape of the drumstick, there's the tip, there's the butt, there's the barrel, there's the shaft, but the key is the taper, how it thins to become the shaft, the barrel from the tip of the drumstick. Well, guess what? The field of play, how you get from one side of the drums kit to the other is influenced by the thickness of the damn drumstick. I did not know this. And that's why Ringo Starr sounds so different. What an awesome topic, thanks to Kip Ruddo, that we're going to get into. And food? Yeah, I mentioned chopsticks, but forget about chop. That's too easy. There is a place in Los Angeles that makes the greatest sandwich, yeah, I said it, that you will ever have. And it's one of the oldest restaurants in Los Angeles, and it's still in existence. The owner, he's been a guest on this show over the years because I had to have him. They don't have ketchup in this restaurant. They only got mustard. But the reason I'm going to talk about them today is they have sawdust on the floor like they did a hundred years ago. Sawdust. Why do you have sawdust on the floor in a restaurant? Well, I'll explain where that place is and why it's so special. We'll do some clap revision. I'll take your calls at 8.30. And coming up next, I want you to hear in the world of music why Ringo Starr was so special. And I'm going to teach you what is special about a drumstick 
and they all sound a little bit different and the reason for it. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Tell him Dr. Clapper sent you. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Hey, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Forget about it there, all right? No more beer. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, here it is, Rebecca. Good job. Listen carefully now. Ringo Starr ain't singing, but that heartbeat that you hear is because of the drums. Who knew that Ringo Starr was lefty? Who knew that this even made a difference? I'm going to give you a little bit of drumming history right now. The classic way to hold the drumstick, let's pretend you're right-handed, is you hold the drumstick let's say, palms down with your right hand. The classic way to play the drums is you hold the drumstick in your left hand, palms up. Do you know why they did that? Because the early drummers were in marching bands and they had that strap across them to hold the drum in front of them while they're walking. And you can't have both hands, palms down, holding the sticks because the strap would start to slide off your shoulder. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's why when they now went to the drum kit, they just stayed with that tradition. It was Ringo Starr who said, rock and roll, I'm sitting on a drum kit, which, by the way, he was the first to elevate the drum kit on boxes so that his head was at the same height as the guitar players who were standing. He wasn't sitting below anybody. He, he absolutely was the first true rock and roll drummer. But he's also the guy, they called it the matching hands, that both hands palms down to hold the drumstick. Okay, these are great innovations, and he deserves a lot of credit for this. And he's very humble, believe it or not. He's very self-deprecating. You'll hear it when I play this soundbite. But he sounds so much better and different than anybody else. And now I know why. That field of play, they call it, getting from the snare drum to the big drum, I don't even know the names of half of these things, to the cymbals. This. He is influenced by the carving of the wood of the drumstick because he's left-handed. So listen to Ringo Starr trying to give you insight. And we're going to talk about the song that Rebecca just played, Come Together, which starts with the bass 
Yeah, I'll play it again as, and then listen to the drum come in. The bass, right? And then John Lennon starts to sing. There's the drum. You hear it? That's Ringo Starr. Well, how the hell did this happen? Oh my God, you got to hear this. Uh, the interesting thing with this pattern is that it's actually the bass that opens that song. Yeah. And, you know, John's words. You know, that was that's the intro. There's no, like, real verse or anything. Yeah. And so we're sitting around, and it was just like tr playing with what he was saying mm. and with what the, the bass line was doing. Mm. And, you know, trying to find sort of an interesting piece. Because besides this part that comes in, several times the rest of it is just like it's just like pause you know what i mean it's real easy yeah. so this is him describing the technical part but now listen to the juicy gossip that i'm about to tell you of why it sounds so different i had no i i didn't understand a single word he just said with the four part i don't even know what that is but why we got to this is because you see i'm left-handed there it is and i'm playing a right-handed kit right if there's any drummers in here you see they usually go you know they'll, they go round the drum this way well, I can't do that. See, I can't go. So I have to get this hand down. So that's why everyone thought, wow, he's a genius. But all he's doing is trying to play backwards. Wow. <laughs> you know, so he goes, wow. Uh, so it comes around this way. And all my fills, which, you know, I have you know, they don't come in fast. There's always a break because I have to get this hand <laughs> ready. So it's like... <laughs> and get back, you know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those mad accidents. You can't learn it. Uh, I was left-handed. My grandmother didn't like that. She made me go right-handed. And so I have a right-handed kit, but actually I'm a left-handed player. Wow. I hope that answers all your questions. Yeah, he's trying to say I'm no genius. Guess what, Ringo Starr? You are a prodigy. You are special. You single-handedly changed and created the rock and roll drummer. So let's get into the carving of a drumstick and this concept of field of play, which is what he's talking about being left-handed. A drumstick can be divided into four parts. The tip the shoulder, the shaft, and the butt. The tip is the front end of your stick, designed to hit the drum heads and cymbals. There are different shapes and materials. The second part, basically called the shoulder of the stick, can be divided into three zones. The neck, directly connecting the tip with the rest of the stick, and usually the thinnest part. The shoulder, where the drumstick reaches its final diameter. And the taper, the part between the shoulder and the neck, where the drumstick narrows down towards the tip. The third part, and usually the biggest section, is the shaft, also known as the body. The stick has a constant diameter in the section. The fourth and last part is the butt. Now listen to this soundbite, because here you're going to hear for the first time this drumstick expert using the word field of play. Now you understand why. When you look at standard drumstick models like a 2B or a 5B stick, the number indicates the thickness of the stick. In general, you can state that a lower number stands for a larger diameter. So while a 7A stick is pretty thin, a 1B model is quite massive. The thickness not only changes the size, but also the weight of the stick. While the playing field changes drastically, you'll also notice a change in sound. 
A thinner, lighter stick is capable of softer playing, while a thick and heavy stick enables loud and powerful drumming. Durability also increases with a thicker stick. Now, put your super duper ears on, because this is a radio show. And he's now about to tell you that the tip of the drum comes in three different choices. You can have a teardrop tip, a barrel tip, or a round tip. Okay, what do I care? It's the shape. You're still hitting the drum or the cymbal. Guess what? If you put your hearing way up and be sensitive, you're going to hear just changing the wooden shape of the tip of the drum, hitting the same cymbal. Sounds different. Oh my God, I did not know this. So listen to this. There are three main tip shapes that you'll find with all drumstick companies. The standard teardrop tip, barrel tips, and round tips. While you won't notice that much of a difference on the kit, the ride cymbal sound changes a lot. Here are all three 5B models played on the same ride cymbal. That's tear. Now barrel. And that's round. It actually does sound that he's right. And to a drummer, it makes all the difference in the world. The shape of the wooden stick to beat on the drum. The tip, the taper, the shaft, the barrel, the butt influences the sound of it. I never realized that. Besides the shape of the tip, there are also models with other tip materials. The most common are nylon tips. They promise a longer durability than wooden ones and definitely create a different sound. Once again, here's a standard 5B stick versus the 5B nylon tip version on a right symbol. Wood versus nylon. Oh my god. And finally... When talking about the general shape of a stick, you'll mainly discuss the length of the taper. A stick with a short taper features a long shaft and is usually pretty top-heavy, while a stick model with a longer taper, meaning a longer part of the stick with a reduced diameter, has the opposite characteristic and is more back-heavy. Having more weight in the front will enable loud and hard hitting, giving you the extra weight to bury into your drum heads and cymbals. A more back-heavy stick with a long thin taper gives you more control and enables soft and low volume playing. And, of, and affects the field of play, the playing field. And if you're lefty, you can't get from the left side of the kit to the right side of the kit like a guy who's right-handed. Who knew? It's fascinating. And maybe those Dodgers, if they learned a little bit better how the bat works, they would actually be beating the San Diego Padres. But unfortunately, that didn't happen last night. Coming up next, the world that I love of gliding through the water, through the ocean, through the wave, makes a huge difference in the shape of that extension of your body, better known as a surfboard. Well, when they started out as wood, they're heavy. And as Donald Takayama is going to teach us, a wooden heavy surfboard rides in the water. It's not sinking, but it's deep in the water because it's heavy. But the modern surfboard made of foam 
and resin and fiberglass, which only weighs 10 pounds, not 110 pounds, sits on top of the water and it glides through the wave differently. This is also something fascinating, how you carve it. The tail of the board, the nose of the board, the sides called the rail, the top of the board called the deck. You're going to hear all about how this affects that extension of your body as a tool. The carving of that wooden surfboard, like the drum and like the bat, like the chopstick. Fascinating. We'll get into it. Coming up next, and I will take some calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I won't wait till 830. There's too many people trying to get a hold of me. If you've got something going on, we'll do some clapper vision. But we'll get into the great Donald Takayama and his contribution to my world of surfing. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm too much scheidenfreuding. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. That's right, Norwegian wood, because we're talking about wood today. Good job, Rebecca. Love it. John Lennon and playing the drums. Ringo Starr. What a topic. All right, I'm going to interrupt the storytelling for a second. We'll take some calls. There's too many people trying to get a hold of us. And in the end, that's why I love doing this show, to meet the weekend warriors and to use some clapper vision and explain what's going on. So let's take, let's go to Richard in Long Beach. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, Dr. Clapper. Great show you have here today. Yeah, I got a bad hip. It's been bugging me for a couple of years All right, now. calm down a second. How old are you? What do you do for a living, Richard? I, I'm 68. I'm your favorite electrician. I'm still working in the field. <laughs> Talk to me. Where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? What'd your father do for a living? Teach us a little bit about you, Richard. Okay, I grew up in western Pennsylvania. I played ball for PA, NPA as a halfback. And uh, hurt my left shoulder, which means I slept on my right uh, um, side all the time. And maybe that's why it deteriorated my my hip. I'm not sure. My father was an engineer for General Motors over there in Ohio. Wow. And I moved to, yeah. Where'd your family originally come from? Where'd your grandfather, great-grandfather come from? My last name is Lawson, and I have an old English name, so wow. it's an old English, so they must have come from England. My mother, uh, I'm half Puerto Rican, I don't know which half, uh, up or down, but uh, wow. she's from Puerto Rico, so I'm a half and a halfer. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Half <laughs> British and half Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. my God. All it's- I can imagine is the dishes must have been flying through the air some nights with the yelling and screaming in your house. That's all I can imagine. Yeah. The Puerto Ricans on the railroad, the Penn Central Railroad I worked on, they used to call me a Puerto Rican hillbilly. 
<laughs> Puerto Rican hillbilly. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how to take that. What a pleasure. <laughs> and now are you still working or you're retired? Yes, I am, sir. I have I have uh, I have uh, six months more to get Social Security, so I have to keep working at my age. But it's no big deal, and I'm, I'm going to have to handle it, I guess. Well, well, you uh, you got me in your back pocket if you need me. You listen to the show. You know what Clapper Vision is. I do, I do. What's your favorite story that I've told over the years? Uh, as far as Clapper Vision, the Oreo cookie thing. <laughs> I love it. All right, talk to me. How can I help you? What you do? What do you? What sport do you like to do to stay in shape? Uh, I'm a swimmer. I do a lot of swimming. Good. I still do swim. Uh, yeah, I was going to swim from Alcatraz to the island or yeah. to the to. Uh, they have the thing that's called Escape from Alcatraz. Yep, my friend hit- John McAtee just did that with the sharks and the current. And the more <laughs> intense it is, the more he loves it. I surf with him on Sundays. Oh my God, is you guys are right? crazy. Your guys are crazy. <laughs> Oh my! I don't need yeah. sharks. I got too many lawyers. I know. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I really <laughs> have salmon myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? Tell me about your hip. How can I help you? Okay. When I get up, the first part is getting up. If I travel, I travel a lot, and so if I drive like for an hour and go to get out to get gas or something, mm. it, it almost locks up, mm-hmm. and then I gotta take a couple steps, and it finally loosens up. Right. And there's sometimes if I'm climbing up a hill or something, it'll just hurt like crazy. It just it just acts its own ways, and I don't know. Uh, I know that you said that if you can't sleep, uh, then uh, you should get operated on or do what you gotta do. She told me I could get an arthritis. Uh, I could get they can take pills for arthritis. Is that true? No. Everybody's out there so. to try to sell you something. Trust me, if you ever saw me in okay. person, I got no hair on top of my head. Believe me, if there's a shampoo that'll grow the hair back like I had when I was 16, I'd be using it. The dentist still has to pull your tooth and put an implant in. If we could grow stuff, don't you think we would? And they have the chutzpah to say that we can stop aging. Are you kidding me? Guess what? We're all going to die. It's the beauty of life that there is an ending. Yeah. That's why you have to cherish it. But ever since P.T. Barnum came around and said there's a sucker born every day, I have a friend, I won't say his name because I don't know why I'm not saying his name, but he told me, he's a big businessman, whenever he goes into these big business meetings, right, he's sitting around a big conference table, he said to me, Robbie, as a businessman, I know one thing at these meetings, that there's always a sucker. Someone in the room is a sucker in this deal. Mm -hmm. And if you look around the room and you go, he's pretty smart, he's not the sucker. She's pretty smart, she's not the sucker. You go around the room and you can't find the sucker, he said, Robbie, then you are the sucker. And that's what this is. (laughs) So when you walk into that office, wherever it is, and they tell you, here, take this pill, have this shot, and everything's going to be fine, you better look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Mm, maybe I'm the sucker. Because it's not that way. Now, you can slow down the process. I get it. I like to write books about water exercises with Lindy Yui. Heal your hips. Heal your knees. But in the end, I'm a surgeon. And in the end, you probably will need me. But you need someone to do it right. I'm proud to be the son of a carpenter. He taught me measure twice, cut once. Boy, does it come in handy. The stuff that I get to see 
And there are good surgeons. I'm not the only good surgeon. I'm not here on some ego trip telling you I'm the only one who can do it. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't get done right where they don't measure twice and cut once, where they do something because they're on the payroll with some company. There's a lot of monkey business that goes on. And one of it is take this pill and everything's going to be fine. What a bunch of nonsense. So let's talk about your hip. The reason you feel that you've got to shake it out once you get going because it locks up is because you're an electrician, right? Right. Look how beautiful. And by the way, I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But look how beautiful that copper wire is. And it has that insulation that fits so gorgeously around the copper wire to insulate it. Right. That beautiful Mm -hmm. coverage. Well, what if you took a tool and chopped away like a rat biting the wire, which for some reason rats like to eat wires in your car. I have no idea. It still isn't explained to me very well. But the the car people always say, oh, you must have rats eating the wires in your car. I'm going, why would a rat want to eat the wires in my car? But this has happened to me, actually. But Mm. if you start scraping away that beautiful, smooth insulation, and now you start to see the copper wire, guess what? That's your hip joint. You have a billiard ball smoothness. Here's a clapper vision of the femoral head. The ball is as gorgeous as a hard-boiled egg, how glistening and smooth it is. Just like that insulation, that rubber around the copper wire. You eat it up, chew it up, and now you see the copper going through. You see the bone underneath the cartilage. It doesn't fit anymore, the ball in the socket, so it gets stuck. This is the beauty of using a ceramic ball and high-density polyethylene plastic. And I do hundreds of these every year, thousands, where people go home the same day now and they play tennis again and they run. Michael Thompson here at the station running around again. You get to get your life again. And guess what? I ain't on anybody's payroll because I want to put a Lexus in you, not some Fiat. You're going to get the right one, the best one. So get in the pool. Don't let them sell you cockamamie shots or pills for $10,000 of stem cells and PRP. Cortisone can be so damaging catastrophically to the articular cartilage. Risks of infection. Be holistic. And I'm a surgeon telling you to be holistic. So you better listen to me. But how beautiful will it be to be able to change your life? So let me tell you something, Richard. For whatever reason, God picked you today to be the caller in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll have another caller in the 8 o'clock hour at 8.30. You win the prize today. You get to call my office on Monday. And I don't need the business. But if you want, you call on Monday. You tell Arnie I said it's okay. And you get to move in front of the line. You can come see me. You don't have to wait four months. You tell him I spoke to you on the Weekend Warriors show. And it'll be my pleasure to help you. How's that? God bless you, doctor. God bless you. He you has. My day. He has, because I'm meeting people like you who work hard their whole life, who come from humble beginnings, and you make me proud to walk the planet next to someone like you. God bless you, Richard, and I can't wait uh, to God shake bless. your hand and meet you in person. So do me a favor, Richard. You're a total stranger. I never met you. Today, you go find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, all right? You got it. You got it. God bless, sir. All right. Thank God. you. Thank you, Richard. All right, Warriors, take a break. Coming up next, maybe I'll get to talk about Donald Takayama. That's awesome. But it's great to talk to the Weekend Warriors. It gives me energy. And you can tell. You can feel it through the radio waves. So I'm not giving the number out right now. Although I can't help it. No, I'm not going to do it. But coming up next, we'll get into 
shaping in wood in the world of sports my love and passion for surfing. I'll explain what Donald Takayama did that nobody else could do. You'll understand. Coming up next right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. When I see the food, I eat it. Bada boom. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm on a light diet. I only eat when it's light out. Bada boom. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Ah, welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Now, why would Rebecca be be playing the Beach Boys? Because they're singing, would it be nice? Thanks to Ed Sayor for giving the idea of would in wouldn't it be nice? Which is kind of crazy. But I got two shout-outs to give before I get into my topic today. First, I want to thank one of my favorite plumbers in the world who took care of me and my daughter recently because he's the best at it. Florencio Velasco. There he is, who works with Vincent Laporcio. Two hardworking guys that I love to death because they take care of me. I take care of everybody else. They take care of me. So, Flor, thanks so much, and thanks for listening because I know he's listening right now. And the other shout-out, because of the Wouldn't It Be Nice, the Beach Boys song, because we're talking about wood, is to my friend Ed Sayor. Because this past Sunday, maybe it was the hurricane in Nicaragua, I have no idea. But there wasn't just waves where I was surfing from the wind. There was truly power and punch in the wave from a swell. It's a whole different story. There's some real energy in the wave. And I had so much fun last Sunday riding these mountains of water. But the, the time in between the waves, the lull, was too much. I need to have it boom, boom, boom right away. But guess what? Every Sunday I get reminded by God that I'm not in charge. He's in charge. So I got to wait for the waves to come. And finally... You look on the horizon, and then the shadows come. You see this three or four bunch of waves changing what the horizon looks like as you're sitting on your board. I'm telling you, my heart starts racing because you can see it. Oh, it's so exciting. Do you take the first one? Do you take the second one? Do you take the fourth one? Which one's going to be the best? And sometimes there's only one wave in the set, so you don't know. you got to be a you got to be a gambler. The problem is, it's been a lull. So everybody in the ocean wants to catch that wave. But you can't help yourself. You see that shadow. And I was out there with Ed. So I turned my board. He turned his board. And there are rules in the water. 
If you get up on that way first, you better not be the second one. We call it dropping in. You don't want to be dropping in. It's rude, it's dangerous, and you shouldn't do it. But everybody does it all the time. Go watch Malibu. There's like 100 people on each wave yelling at each other. It's terrible. But when you're surfing with friends, there's nothing better. So here it comes, the shadow, a whole horizon blacked out. Oh, it's going to be a great one. I turn my board, I start paneling, and so does Ed. And he has the inside scoop on it. So I should not be going for it because he's already going to be on the wave, and I don't want to be dropping in on him. But he also may paddle for it and not get it, so you don't know. So you got to keep paddling to see if he really does get it. So I'm paddling, 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 and sure enough, because he's good, he caught it, and he was to my left. And this is a wave breaking to my right. So he has the inside scoop. And I'm paddling, and I'm seeing, is he going to, no, he got it. And just as I'm ready to back off so I don't drop in on him and go in front of him on the wave, he says, go, Robbie, go, come on. And I, I kept going. I got up on my feet. And I dropped down the face of this two-story apartment building. That's how tall it was. With him right there on my left. And we surfed that wave together. It was unbelievable to be on this mountain of water right next to your buddy. It was awesome. So a shout-out to Floor, my favorite plumber. And a shout-out today to Ed Sayor for letting me drop in on him to ride that beautiful wave together. Ah, it was just awesome. But let's get into one of my favorite surfers. We have a little bit of time left. Donald Takayama. He's born in 1943. He's eight, nine years old, and he's already shaping out of wood his own surfboards. Listen to what happens next. You know, living in Hawaii, I was like eight, nine years old. Um, well, I was building my own surfboards then. Then uh, when I was nine years old, I ran into a Dale Vilsey that came from here. And he was building surfboards. So he came and he saw me riding my board and he came and asked me who built the thing. And Donald Takayama said, as a nine-year-old, I did. Dale Vilsey could not believe it. Dale Vilsey, the legend I just was on the North Shore of Hawaii surfing at a place called Velzyland. That's how legendary Dale Velzy was. Hawaiians named a wave after him. He was a board builder, and he saw talent even in this nine-year-old Donald Takayama in 1952. So, but anyway, he looked at it, and he told me, if I come to the mainland, he'll give me a job shaping surfboards. It was because I really enjoyed it. It was wow. fun. And so I sold newspapers and, and delivered newspapers and saved all my monies up. And I got to have, I made about $110. My plane fare was $99.99 or something like that, Transcontinental Airlines. Mm. So uh, what I did, uh, I got a one-way ticket. I had $10 in my pocket and came to the mainland. That was like in 1957 or something. Wow. Started working for Felsey. Hmm. And, uh, and this was in the summertime. 
I slept in the shop, you know, in a cardboard box, you know, up in the loft. It was great. Yeah, and then I started building boards, and I, that's all I've been doing ever since then. Wow, and he's building initially in wood, just like Kip Rutto making bats for baseball players, that extension of your hands, your arms, to make a bat. Ringo Starr with a drumstick, an extension of his hands to play an instrument. Well, a surfboard is a wooden carving extension of your body to ride the wave. Well, some of it was redwood and some of them were balsa. Balsa wood was, uh, you know, that was like um, going from balsa wood to foam, you know, and the lightness and, and everything. And uh, it, it, was, it was pretty exciting. You know, you, balsa wood boards weighed 40 pounds, you know, as opposed to 60 or 70. Oh, sir, on the wood boards, it, it's really, it's really positive surfing. And the board's in the water as opposed to on top of the water. And there's a lot of glide to them. And, and, but when you fall off and get hit with it, you know you got hit by something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the old boards. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it just kind of bounces off. The, the balls of redwood boards, they don't bounce, you know. <laughs> you end up with a big old noggin on your head or a, a dent. But he paid attention to how to carve the wood, how to carve that surfboard, and how it affects how it rides in the water, how that drumstick makes a different sound on the drum, how the bat shape makes a different impact on the ball. I remember Vin Scully calling Puig the wild horse, saying when the ball hit Puig's bat, it sounded different, just like a drumstick. The shape sounding different, the power. So here's a lovely surfer dude talking about those shapes that Donald Takayama put in his board and the effect it had, those unique shapes he put into this in the pink board, how special it is to be able to carve in wood. Keeps the tail a little wider. It's not super pulled in like some other boards. Um, the white tail helps the board stay in on the nose because what really what the water does when you're nose riding is it wraps around the tail following the curves of the rail and uh, really helps you stay in position on the wave and not have your tail slide out. Donald's pretty much known for his rails. His rails are one of the biggest features on all his boards. It seems basic at first look but it's kind of like a, a box rail which is a little bit more square feeling but it has a little bit pinched to it right at the last second. You kind of kind of see it on the lines right here. What that does, it really helps break the water so you don't catch a rail. You're not gonna get bogged down on a bog turn if there's some chop. It's really gonna break the water, let you project out towards, through the wave. Um, and I mean, that's really what makes these boards work. Every aspect of the shape of the board, the top, the deck, the bottom, the sides called the rails, the nose in the front so you can put your feet there and hang 10, how you go through the wave itself with the tail of the board, the carving of that wooden shape makes all the difference in the world. And in the carver is the secret. And at 8.15, we're going to talk to someone who carves wood to make baseball a better game to watch. Coming up next, we're going to hear about that story in the world of music. 
I may take some calls if I feel like it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I got to tell you about food. Where in Los Angeles, carving in wood makes an effect on why that sandwich is so special. I'll explain. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show, here on 710 ESPN.